This is Joseph. This is Josh. And I'm Alex. And you're listening to For For the the Flock. So we are a multi-generational ministry podcast based in Greenville, South Carolina. And we're made up of children's ministry, student ministry, and collegiate ministry. So... Uh, Joseph, why don't you tell us what area of ministry you're in charge of and something else, I don't know. A little bit about yourself. There you go. <laughs> uh, let's see, so I'm babies to fifth grade. Uh, I actually lived in Virginia uh, all my life until about two years ago when I moved down here to Greenville, South Carolina. Hmm. Nice. Nice. How do you like it so far? Uh, I like it. It's a little bit kind of like where I was from in Virginia, just a little larger, mm-hmm. a little more people. And it's warmer, which is a big bonus. The church or the area? Uh, The area is bigger. The church is not bigger. There you go. (laughs) Just had to ask. Um, Josh, what about you? Um, Well, I am the student minister um, in our little... Extraordinaire. Yeah, that's right. In our little sphere of influence, uh, 6th grade through 12th grade, I have uh, been here at the church that we we all serve at for a year and a half and have been doing student ministry full-time for about seven years and did some student ministry stuff while in college you know the denial camp life um, and then got into full-time ministry um, and I enjoy it I was born and raised in St. Louis Um, go cards that's right go cards go blues um, go pats they're not in St. Louis. Come on. <laughs> 2B12. The GOAT. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You guys love nice. him. You no, love. Anyway, so anyway, uh, uh, I enjoy student ministry, and I'm excited about doing this. And uh, I'm Alex. I've been in ministry since about 2013 full-time. Uh, currently, I'm, I'm bivocational and um, really enjoy that. I work with college students and the most coveted title, Young Professionals. Mm. Um, so that's always a, a fun age. Uh, for me, seriously, that age from 18 to like 25, you're searching for some of the biggest things in your life from um, from a full-time job to forever love uh, to, you know, a reliable car. <laughs> I mean, there's <laughs> lots of things that you're looking for there. And so I'm pretty pumped to uh, be working here with college students and those those younger professionals who are seeking to be um, difference makers in their workplace, Christians in their workplace that kind of work and live with purpose. So it's a fun age. I think all three of these areas of ministry are so important to um, just the health of a church down the road. Josh and I were talking about this a little bit earlier. And, you know, that's kind of one of the main reasons this podcast that we want to just kind of start is just you know, not to give a ton of information, but just to kind of share our journey and what it looks like to be on staff that has a synergy between these three uh, areas of ministry and our adult ministries too. But, you know, we we record this in times when they can't always be here for that. Um, but, you know, the importance of that and how that affects our church, uh, the growth of that, you know, from these three areas of ministry. So we just want to be a resource. Yeah, um, absolutely. I, I just think, I think that as, as your staff gets with one another and and they are like-minded especially in philosophy of ministry and 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 vision and where we're headed man that is really infectious amongst the body that you are serving the body of believers that you're serving in your local context and so 
we are very excited that uh, we feel as though that is the case here um, and believe that God is going to do some big things. And he's taught us a lot and is still teaching us a lot. And we just want to talk about ministry. And, and maybe that will be a help for you wherever you find yourself, whether serving the local body as a volunteer or maybe you're in ministry at a place somewhere. And for, for context, too, um, y'all think quickly on your real real life numbers that are in your area of ministry. We're, we're at a church that's of medium to larger size. Mm-hmm. Um, I think probably about 2,200 members, um, you know, on a great, great Sunday pre-COVID, um, yeah. you know, or at least on the roll, I would say. Um, I know for me, my area of ministry of college and young professionals, we're looking anywhere from 20 to 35 very routinely. Um, what about you guys? What are you running-ish? Uh, we run about 150, again, pre-COVID. Uh, we're definitely down to more like 80 to 100 right now. Sure, yeah. Yeah, um, pre-COVID student ministry, um, we're we're looking right around 100-ish. And your Sundays um, and Wednesdays are probably different, too. Vastly different, yeah. uh, which is very different for me in this context of ministry, which we can talk about in a minute. But um, my Sunday morning stuff... Uh, which is our life group or our traditional Sunday school um, is what a lot of churches call hey. it. Hey, you like that? Yeah, I threw it in there. <laughs> um, but we, we run anywhere from 100 to 110 pre-COVID. Uh, we're not back there yet. Uh, we're probably running a more closer to 70-ish on Sunday mornings um, there. And then our Wednesday night gathering, which is our student service, which was 6 all the way through 12 which is about to change in January. Hey. Um, but we were doing about 60 to 70 pre-COVID, uh, which is very interesting, very different for me, uh, a different dynamic here. Uh, but we're, we're, I've been working to uh, shift some of that culture here. Yeah, so you know, we tell you this just so you know the context we're talking in. I think all of us have served in smaller churches, some larger churches uh, than this too. So what we say may need to be scaled down for your, um, what am I looking for, your church yeah. style. And some things, you know, if, if we talk about something that's a good idea, you know, for you, it may need to be scaled up depending on where you're at and what you're doing. Um, so, yeah, I just tell you that to kind of give you a context of kind of where we are and, you know, how we're doing it and what we're doing, you know. For sure. Uh, let's talk about COVID for a second and kind of what that mm-hmm. has done for our ministries because, um, I've got an interesting take on how COVID has affected my area of ministry. Yeah. You want to go first? Yeah, yeah. I mean, for us, um, I would say for the most part, uh, the people who were generally the people that were there every Sunday, they're the ones that have mostly already come back and have started gathering. Um, you know, there's a few outliers in regards to concerns because of family health concerns or their you know grandparents or whatever that have health issues but for the majority if they were there every Sunday before pre-COVID they're the ones that are back for us um, and you know it, it basically just becomes this thing where I think people have gotten used to being at home and even though sports or traveling things are no longer taking the priority of Wednesdays and Sundays I think the comfort level of being at home has taken priority over being at church on Wednesday or Sunday because it becomes really weird when you sometimes see these families that are not gathering back yet mm. at other functions. So it just mm. makes you be like, okay, there's there's something there's something going on there. Mm. <laughs> Priorities, I like that. Yeah. So 
um, student ministry in COVID. So I'm just, uh, I don't know if I can Is be this. Is that a thing? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I can be this edgy on this podcast or not, but it sucks, okay? I just said that, yeah. Student ministry with COVID was really, really, really challenging. So you think, man, this is this is Gen Z. This is uh, the most technologically connected generation that there's ever been. This is going to be awesome. They're going to love this. And that could not be further from the truth. I'm sure that many of you guys out there listening are, you guys have experienced this, but they are so connected, so technologically heavy in what they've been consuming that trying to do youth ministry online and and student services through YouTube or Facebook or Instagram Live or trying to do Hangouts on Zoom just uh, absolute nightmare. Works for like what two or three weeks and then just starts to fall away, um, starts to fall to the background because they're so over. um, just the the tech stuff that they're consuming is just there's just so much fatigue there with them and so that was very evident very quick and so COVID was a struggle before we came back um, in person well and I think too I want to make a note here so we can come back and talk about this later Um, you know if given the opportunity to watch YouTube or join a church church chat it's not what they want you know and so we'll come back and talk about that in a minute of just like how do we produce God's word in a way that it speaks for itself and makes a desire for these students, you know, and yeah. that, that's always a challenge. But like, given the opportunity to be on a Zoom call with your youth group or you know watch YouTube videos or TikToks, I mean, that's gonna it's gonna take precedence over you know seeming you know church. You know, TikTok man, I'm a savage. <laughs> Classic bougie. Um, you know what I'm saying. Oh no, I can't go any further. Okay, no. so yeah, one of the things that I that I think about when when I think about just the the technologically driven stuff is that students, I mean even kids now, like one of the most unique things about church is the fellowship, the social interaction that you have that you don't always get. It's that community, that koinonia right. that we talked about. That's the other right. Day. That's right. You get fellowship there that. You don't get in a lot of areas, even when kids are at school. Like, they may be texting with one another or doing their work. Like, the the relationships that they have now are very technologically driven, and church is a, a different type of social gathering that has been taken away for, for many months. Yeah. So for me, uh, working with college ministry, I, I was on the fence about how I feel about COVID at the beginning because it was like, man— Schools are figuring out what they're doing or what they're not going to do. Um, and then everyone started freaking out about fall football season. Are we going to have it or are we not? And I'm just like, whatever uh, with that. But that can actually <laughs> deal a lot with how involved our students are locally uh, that are from out of state. And um, for me, though, most of our colleges, are we're back in full swing um, with on-site learning and so, like, our, our college ministry, this was actually a year of growth for us mm-hmm. because we were, one, we were one of the few who were, you know, after, what, August, July, I mean? I guess it was August our church decided to go back. We came you know? back in May. No, but I'm talking about life groups and everything. When oh, we, yeah, yeah, we came back September. Yeah, okay, so I knew it was after August, sometime like that. Because I remember school started back, and we helped do a freshman thing at a local university, uh, feed them and stuff, and then 
because I think we were one of the only churches in the area who were doing, we are one of the only churches that have a dedicated college ministry, first off. But second, having our doors open for our Wednesday night gathering and our Sunday morning gathering was, I think it was huge because we saw numbers, uh, not double, but go up a fair amount, probably 30, 40% go up. For sure. Which was, which was great and, and is great because they have invested in here over this whole semester and you know we got to invest back in them and so in talking with them as they went home for christmas break now it's like we we're intentional and hopeful that you know they're going to come back in the spring to continue being um being fed and so you know and and out of that like even um yesterday at church we had a a student who drove in from out of town because he was passing through and we talked yesterday about uh, just life and, you know, going home for Christmas break and what that looks like with COVID and everything. And he he enjoyed being here so much that he asked me yesterday, like, hey, can we start like a mentoring thing, you know, next semester? So he's wanting to be mentored. So it's like even out of COVID, you know, we picked up another mentorship, which is really cool uh, to see that. So for me, and I don't know if this is every other college ministry, I, I doubt it, but for an interesting way for us is that we, we saw growth in COVID or through COVID. And, um, excited to kind of capitalize on that next semester so uh we'll see you know and out of that we saw a huge need for like young adults that whole you know young professional term come into play a lot of those were visiting and they're just you know what's for them you know since we're trying to put stuff together for them too so i'm interested to see what what january february you know air quotes flu season looks like Mm -hmm. um with everyone so we'll see yeah, for, for us, that has been one of the things that I have noticed during COVID is we've had new faces show up. Yeah. So, like, we've actually had more guests during COVID. And granted, uh, you know, most of them are from other churches that are probably not gathering. So that's why we're seeing some. But uh, definitely during COVID, we've, see, we've actually had more guests showing up uh, more consistently than before COVID. Yep. And, and I mean, there's, there's positive and negative, right? It, it feels like the elephant on the podcast, right? It's like uh, there's there's the positive of being open and creating a space for some of that fellowship to happen, some of that community to happen that we all need, that we long for, that we crave. And and then there's the side of there's been a lot of people at our church that have experienced COVID. There's been, yeah. there's been we were good for a while. We were, and then like we all were. of a sudden it was just like. Nah, I think you. I think we'll give it to everybody. Right. Um, so I'm the only one third. I'm the only one that has not have That's had right. the, had the Rona. That's you right. You two have been infected with the man flu. So we <laughs> have. We have been. We um, have been. You're the survivor so far, man. As of this podcast recording date, I do not have as, COVID. <laughs> as of, that's right. As of. Oh, Good man. Good clarification. Yeah. So, you know, and I think it's important, too. We saw visitors, I think, because our church, we, we were in the South, and we had COVID protocols in place, but we weren't mandating certain things. So and some, some of the people that I was talking to, they liked that option to, hey, I can wear a mask full time if I want to. And you don't have to worry about it, or you know, I don't want to wear a mask, so I'm going to go over here and, and do my thing. But I think it was important to that age bracket that I work with, and I mean, you guys too, your parents that probably come into that stuff too, to see, hey, look, our our staff and our you know our guest services, we're masked up. We want to serve yeah. you best we can, 
and sanitizers are available, you know, and, and our, our grounds crew are, you know, did a great job at sanitizing the sanctuary between services. But, like, I think having those protocols in place was important to see those guests come in the door. But, I mean, you guys remember, it was the Wild West there back in in, in first part of the year because it was like, what do we do? It is so tough. How much is too much or not enough? Yeah. You know, like. It's one of those things that, I mean, you, you go out there, you listen to podcasts all the time and. And, and maybe you do, maybe you're a heavy podcaster, maybe you're not, but just everybody talks about this, the, the leadership things and how you just can't win, right? You can't win. Some people want more, some people want less, and it's, it's very challenging in leadership to make decisions that are the, the best for, for your flock. Yeah, pun intended. Yeah, yeah. You like that? Um, for the but, flock. That's right, for the flock. Um, that they're the best for, for your people um, that are just wise, you know? And and people are never going to see it all the same way. You're never going to please everyone. Yeah, I mean, there was, like, behind the scenes, there's a lot of a lot of mindfulness and heartache that goes into do we close this event, do we open this event, you know, heartache. And I do mean that even with opening events of, like, we know certain people won't come if we, if we open this and offer and we want them to be here. But, again, we want them to be safe in their own environments. Um you know, and, and we are striving to be as safe as we can, you know, with that as well. But, I mean, that was just, gosh, I mean, that was just, that was a strange, you know, figuring that out, you know. And then just waiting to see if any science is going to come out with it to help us, you know, like, hey, we are doing this right or, you know, actually that's not needed or whatever. But um, how many, Joseph and Children's Ministry, how many gallons of sanitizer have y'all gone through? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I don't even know, but we, we do have someone who keeps track, so bless that person, but oh, um, we do know, but yeah, it's, it's been, it's been crazy, so yeah, and like for us, like, we started with the temp checks, and we still are all masked up, we still sanitize everything, um, and, and most of it, I think, is like you said, just, just really to get, make the parents feel comfortable, uh, and the guests feel comfortable that right. we I mean, are. When they walk in and see you with a mask on, it just kind of... They see their waitress that way at the restaurant, you mm-hmm. know. So, I mean, it's whatever it means, if it does or if it doesn't, it's still putting them at ease, I yeah. guess. Yeah. I, I mean, know. that was the big concern at first. Like, well, what about the kids? Like, they won't be able to see any faces of the volunteers and their teachers. But, I mean, obviously we know our kids are so accustomed to seeing masks. It just really wasn't a, wasn't a thing here that, we, that we're aware of. <laughs> so, with, with COVID stuff that's happened at our church... Um, Joseph, you guys did a virtual very best summer uh, <laughs> vacation Bible school. Um, I know several, I mean, several of my kids are, my kids went with several families to like a house and did like a home VBS while watching you guys. Talk a little bit about what you guys did to produce uh, VBS virtually. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that was the, that was the big thing that we should have got behind uh, more than just moving it virtual. Oh, hold on, time out. So we were, at our church, we were publishing VBS. VBS is happening in person. Yes. And we, I mean, I know the staff was pretty stoked that it was going to be happening in person. We were like, all right, we're doing it, we're doing it, we're doing it. And then how soon before VBS did the plug get pulled to go virtual? So basically, like two two weeks before, <laughs> essentially. So yeah. I was like, "All right, now we got to go online." So y'all had supplies. I mean, y'all had everything. Yeah. So we already had all of the stuff. So we just end up doing like one of those drive up to get your packet kind of thing, your backpack, 
Um, but I think we missed the opportunity to capitalize on making it like in-house. Like, yeah. so a few families that you're already hanging out with, their kids are already playing together. Uh, we could have really driven that as the approach instead of strictly watching it online from your home with just your kids at home. Like a host home. Yeah, and like then, a host home. Yeah, I mean, so if you're if you're comfortable with that, then just meet at, you know, X's house, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. and, and do it there. Um, I know my kids pretty, they enjoyed that, you know, going to somebody's house and um, doing the activities together. Because it goes back to what Josh, what you were saying earlier about just the community. Even our kids wanted that, you know, oh, yeah. during this whole season. I mean, I can remember this summer going into Academy Sports and seeing there's no bikes on the shelves. There's no, like, basketballs. Because yeah. everyone was just wanting to be outside and do something um, together, you know, which is crazy. Uh, in a great way, but... Um, I think we saw a hunger there from VBS, even just the kids just wanting to be a part of something and be out. Uh, yeah. What strategically or um, what was – were there any headaches with that? I know you had two weeks to plan to go virtual, but, like, for anybody that's out there listening, that maybe their church is still, like, even until the maybe next spring or summer, just seeing how this goes, like, is there any any helpful things that you guys put together or, like, next time I would do this or something like that? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess for us one of the things is – because you spend the time on the content and the creation of that and the videos that you produce and spend some time on that, but not not focusing so much on the numbers of people that are watching it because if they're not watching it live, doesn't mean they're not going to watch it later. But you just have now, to understand. Hold under- on, let me interrupt real quick. If you're, what do you mean watching it live? Did y'all do it on Facebook or how did? What do you mean live? Yeah, so we, we put it live on uh, on YouTube, even though we were pre-recorded it, but it released um, okay. at a specific time. So not really focusing on the amount of people that were watching in that moment, just because, again, with COVID, um, you just kind of learn that you have to understand the numbers are going to be different just because you're playing into a completely different role where these kids have been home all day or out all day with their family in the yard or wherever. Another VBS. Yeah, another VBS. (laughs) That's actually happening. Yes, yes. (laughs) Plenty of that church hopping stuff. So, you know, something to – for me, my brain goes to a marketing standpoint, you know. So if you're recording these things, and, and smaller churches, if you don't have the budget, you can shoot these with an iPhone, you know, and record the video, upload it to YouTube, create a YouTube channel, obviously, for your church, and then release that. And so kids are going to watch it, families are going to watch it live, but that content stays there mm-hmm. on that YouTube channel. And so if you brand it with your church's name, um, so-and-so church, you know, yeah. That content staying there. So, I mean, as from a marketing perspective, Joseph, while it may not have been like first and foremost, oh, this is what we want to do as a virtual event, I can't help but think, man, that's kind of neat that that is always there to use. And um, I don't know. I just, it's just a, a branding thing for me. You know, it's there. You're building content unintentionally because you got to have it for your people, you know, uh, but it stays there, yeah, which is nice. It has, it has a staying power. Basically, what you're doing is you're creating a content library. Correct of things that maybe something goes crazy. There's a clip out there that that goes great, or I'm doing a student sermon, and and there's a clip that I put up that that happens to get a little bit more attention than others. If if they go and look at me or or look at a sermon that that we're putting out there, they may be able to find other content that they're going to go in and be exposed to the gospel in a way that we, we were just trying to record our stuff. Well, and I'll take that one further. Let's say if, you know, you get in a pinch on a mission trip and, every you know, this has happened plenty of times, 
and you need a filler, you know, you're doing a sports mm-hmm. camp or something, man, you can go back to your YouTube channel or another church that's producing stuff like this and just pull it up and there's a video. So you've got, if you think about it, for mission trips out there, you've got a whole VBS set list ready to go to, you know, wherever, Canada, you know, <laughs> Georgia, <laughs> you know, New York, whatever, Cali. I mean, you go around the world, literally though, around the world, anybody that has internet access, you can pull that content up. Not only are you building a library, like you said, Josh, but also, man, I mean, you can use that for missions trainings and stuff down the road too as a back backup of, um, you know, showing, showing content. Um, but yeah, that, you know, it's kind of a neat, a neat, a neat piece to put that. And I mean, I can imagine how frustrating it was for you guys having to film and record. Did y'all record all that stuff in two weeks or y'all already recorded stuff before? No, that? no, we recorded it within two weeks. That would have been the other thing. Like you said, I, we would have probably just did it ourselves with like an iPhone or something instead of like bringing in our media, uh, representative in to, to work because it spent his time as well. But I would say another thing with this is, instead of just thinking about, oh, we got to do VBS, um, we should have been, because the whole point was just to do something for the kids. Right. So we, we should have probably took it another step further and be like, all right, maybe it doesn't have to be VBS. Like uh, maybe it I needs see. to be something else. As long as we're providing something for the kids. So we, we allowed, I guess, the we've done VBS every year to kind of keep us in this box. And I feel like if we had just kind of let that go, um, we could have actually uh, maybe been a little bit more innovative with our our thinking yeah i mean mm. that's a good idea what to be innovative with your thinking well you just i mean Touchy you, just, subject. You, you just you just hit on the uh the idea of man we we were gonna do vbs because we've always done vbs and and we get stuck in these cycles in ministry sometimes of we got to do it because we've always done it that way is that not right oh because i thought we oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, it's something you just made me think of is like thinking outside the box of VBS, um, in the traditional sense of what it's always been, you know, sports camps have come up as of mid two thousands, people started doing that a lot, Mm -hmm. but also like even the virtual thing, if that had to be another item next year, and, and it may be in addition to VBS, you offer a virtual component too, for those that do stay home or traveling, um, or to add a second week segment or something like that. But like home adventure camp stuff like too and so instead of you know you have biblical um stories and principles that go along with like scavenger hunts or whatever else too that helps out with some of that too so i mean there's all kind of variations you could put in on that but um were you gonna say something a minute ago no i don't remember yeah i mean and and that's one of the things to think about like number one you, you need to think about what you're good at like the whole sports world like that's my world so i didn't even for whatever reason i didn't even think to pivot there and the facilities that we have here, we have a lot of fields. We yeah. have good inside basketball. So we had options. And I literally have a Mr. Outdoors guy on staff sitting right next to me. And I could have used that yeah. on the aspect. And I, you just sometimes you get caught up into trying to stay in a box. You should see this dude's beard. The outdoor Alex. Man, his beard is incredible. It's like an inch and a half. It's not even big. Don't but listen to but this. But it's red. Don't listen It's to flaming. This. Oh, mm. uh, whatever. Um, so fire. You know, as, as we're moving on from this, uh, okay. as today's host, we're moving on to this. You, when you're host the next time, you, <laughs> you can keep going on that. Um, but, you know, Joseph, I just as my mind's thinking about that, that would be something over wintertime would be cool to plan and go ahead and record 
like segments of that stuff throughout so that you release that throughout the year. So, hey, here's a sports week we're going to do. Here's an outdoor adventure week we're going to do. Um, here's a traditional, you know, Bible school we're going to do. You know, just different stuff like that would be kind of neat for a ministry to see almost quarterly. You know, you've got those things. And you, I think you could repeat those, you know, mm-hmm. uh, with similar content every year. You know, you're not having to be innovative every year to create new stuff. Just take God's Word and, and break it open for you know, kind of what it is. But, um Josh, let's talk youth ministry summer camps and what didn't happen with those this year. Mm, yeah, so uh, this year, 2020, we um, we had our D-Now scheduled for the first weekend in March, and I'm very thankful that we did. So we, we did our D-Now that first weekend in March, and then COVID hit like four days later. The rumors were spreading already. <clears throat> oh, yeah, and the then... rumors. And then the NBA shut down. Oh, my gosh. March 11. That was wild. Which started everything, right? Um, and so that uh, obviously spilled into camp. And so we were, we were scheduled to go to a camp, um, and that didn't happen. We were scheduled to go... We were actually, before that, in April, over spring break, we were scheduled to go on a mission trip, um, and that didn't happen, obviously, which is funny looking back on it because we didn't actually cancel that till it, it kept, we kept thinking, well, we might be able to still go. We might be able to still go, right? And so that's so back, BBS, like, so. that's, like, beginning April, right? And it was going to happen in two weeks, like, how how little we knew about COVID at that time. And so, uh, so we didn't do that. We, we didn't have camp obviously, um, in the summer. And then it pushed all the way into this fall. We, we opened back up with life groups and stuff, um, in September, like we talked about, and I was supposed to do a fall retreat in November. And that was kind of, again, the uptick in COVID stuff again. And so we just decided that the wisest thing to do would be, to not have that and to do something um, on our campus that wasn't a go away, stay overnight or retreat, but we're going to do do something on our campus and then have people go home um, and sleep at home during those times. And uh, we weren't even able to yeah, do that, that was, right? Because that COVID had just gone wild at that point. And so it has and that's when it really hit our church too yeah. it was during that time mm-hmm. so for those of you listening like the spike may not have been like across the nation or even in South Carolina but for our particular body that's when it was kind of peaked out I guess you'd say very much so um, it was just a week after that uh, that I got it yeah so it was definitely peaked out there and so I think the effects of that that I have seen I've only been here at this church for a year and a half and I, I look at my relationships with students, and I feel like I haven't even completed a year yet. And I think that some of the effects... I think that's valid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of the effects of that have been because of COVID. Like, thinking about the interactions that happened on a week-long mission trip, the interactions that happened on a fall retreat, the interactions that, that happened at a summer camp for a week, and the camaraderie and the relationships that you get to build with your leaders or and your students. Or going to eat lunch with them at, at school. Yeah, I mean. being able to just do random stuff whenever you want, you know, like staying after on a Wednesday night or something. You know, those things didn't even happen for months at a time. And so that's been some of the biggest impact that I've seen 
in just man, it's 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 been tough. It, it makes your ministry tenure longer um, at, at a place, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I, what I mean by that is it, it, it takes the relationships that you're trying to build that I believe God's going to use to impact students' lives for the future, and it, it, it makes them harder to grow, harder to, to nurture those relationships. I don't know, Joseph, if you've seen that in children's ministry at all. Yeah, I mean, I feel the same way. I mean, especially um, just with the time frame in regards to, like, the inconsistency of being in and out and the uncomfortability of things. So the relationship building definitely has taken a hit. And even being able to, you know, I guess be effective in how you're communicating and staying in touch with kids or their families when they're not here. Obviously for us, it's staying in touch with the families, uh, not really reaching out to the you don't the, text your kids? I don't text my first graders oh, uh, and see how they're doing. Okay. But, yeah, it's just it's one of those things, like, just how we, we know, like, we're not going to fully see the full impact of, like, what social media has had on our on this generation. Mm. It's going to be the same thing with COVID. Like, there's yeah. going to be things we start to learn, like, the longer this thing goes on or even the farther we are removed from it. We're going to start to learn and see some of the effects that we had for this well, for now, it's been about nine months, but who knows how much longer. Right. Yeah, so for me, going off what we were talking about a second ago, we started we started 2020 off with passion. Yeah. And, like, it was such a high point. Like, it was for unreal. Sure. Uh, I mean, we were in in the stadium, and, the, and the, you know, the top opened up, and it was just the worship and teaching was – we all left that place, like, jacked about 2020. For sure. Like, I mean, it was unreal. Louie and the whole team just put together – Passion. I mean, it was unreal, man. Passion, passion's good as it is, but like awesome. that one was was really special, and it was, for me it was even more special because it was like the first big trip I got to take with college students who I've invested with over the past two and a half, three years, and so it was cool. Like it was our first trip together, unbelievable, great group. Had a whole minibus full, and come home we were just jacked, ready to go, and then you know. I got poison ivy right after that. <laughs> you guys should see the pictures. He looked like what's that dude from the Goonies? Yo, I don't even. Yeah. Uh, oh my gosh, it was a mixture of that and Russ from like oh. up, like the big cheeks. I had. Oh, it was oh, unreal. I got poison ivy on my face. I'm highly allergic to poison ivy, so if I look at it, it jumps on me. He looked like um, Hitch in the movie oh, Hitch. Absolutely. Will Smith in the movie Hitch. Yeah. He's drinking that Benadryl. And the, oh. It was the worst. Like, that was the worst I've ever had poison ivy. Uh, my daughter, who was three at the time, she says, Daddy, in the sweetest voice, you look like a monster. <laughs> so I was like, I feel like it, baby. Um, but anyway, so, and then, but COVID came after that, and we had planned to do um, some really neat stuff with our college ministry because we, we have a, our college ministry is interesting because we have a lot of our routine college students are from out of town. So they come to local colleges and are a part of our church. And then when they leave, we've been really trying to invest in those kids that are part of our church that go away for college Mm -hmm. so that when they come home, we have, you know, a good community for them to invest back into. And that's been a struggle for me at this church. Um, I mean, it's been tough. Um, And so, but we were seeing some headway on that. And so then when COVID hit, um, it was just like, all plans are out the window, you know, because yeah. we had planned some summer, um, like overnights, a camping trip, and a few other things that our out-of-state kids um, were all in. You know, they were going to drive back in for, and our in-state, our, our our local kids, you know, were not really buying into that, and so having to drop back and punt that stuff. And so, but for me, 
you know, we didn't have fall retreat, you know, certain things like that. But we we kept up really consistent on our Wednesday night stuff. And like, if, if there's anything we can give them that's consistent, not a retreat, not this or the other, it's going to be our routine programming. And that was Wednesday night. And so that was that was solid. But like, I kick myself for missing opportunities of like local street reach style ministry stuff that we could have done safely uh, in and throughout Greenville, you know, like downtown and stuff with them to keep them engaged, but not just coming to church and doing stuff at church. Does that make sense? Like, I, you know, it just, it's just, it's a hard line of how do you, how do you do it? But again, what we said at the very beginning is this was the wild, wild west of figuring out what does ministry look like in a COVID context? And there are so many, I mean, even books out now about it, ministry and COVID, but podcasts out there, but for us, this is just our kind of take about it, and we'll talk more about it uh, down the road. Um, it's it's frustrating more than anything. It um, it's definitely manageable. You know, ministry can still happen and is still happening, but it's just like, how how do you find the loopholes? You know, yeah. of COVID. You know, and um, and it's so funny because some people who are all in to come to anything are actually reserved on some things, and yeah. other things they're like, no, I'm not. So it, just, it just blows my mind. Like. For example, when COVID kind of started spiking and getting crazy and people were taking it really serious, I'd seen uh, several people who were, like, still at Lowe's buying stuff but wouldn't come to church on Sunday. And it's like, to me, like, that kind of bugs me. Like, you're not required to be at church, but they were the same ones in this particular instance who were kind of complaining about some stuff, Mm. you know, in in light of church. I was like, man, like, you're not, you know— holy boldness i tried to confront it in a good way and and you know we're friends uh these people who i'm talking about but it's like i mean you get what you put into it you know and we need this biblical community uh of being being a community of faith man and uh we do it for the flock you know that's right so keep on trucking any last comments Nah, not for me i i would just say just just persevere you know like Mm. we talked a lot about our, our stuff and Maybe you caught a, a couple of little ideas here and there that that we did or didn't do, and maybe you have some pointers for us and could give us a call and tell us, uh, you guys are dumb. You should have done this. Um, but, man, just I hope that you guys persevere. Do not let the, um, the grind of ministry life and everything that 2020 has been um, detract you from, from what, what the Lord's doing in and through you. Um, that's what I would say. Just continue to persevere. Yeah, and I, I do actually have something I lied. Um, I would say networking. Uh, yeah, for sure. Building an actual network of other churches and other ministers in your area to communicate with. Like, I did it a little bit. I uh, didn't do it enough, but that's definitely something. If you haven't done that yet, definitely start doing that. Look at the churches in your area that are either similar to size, some that are bigger, some that are smaller, and start making those contacts, and that way you can have a somebody else to discuss it with because sometimes you don't have that person on staff so you right. might need to go outside of your church to network well and i think if if that makes you nervous about networking with pastors in your area which is shouldn't make you nervous but you know there is some hostility between churches sure. in your area sometimes uh if this is your second or third church reach back out to where you used mm-hmm. to be a youth pastor at on those local churches yeah. you know because you can say hey i used to be there uh you know what are you guys doing you know just that may release some tensions too i think it's a good good idea to network and just sometimes it just helps to vent a little bit you know just the frustration that you're dealing with not about the people but like the the frustration you're dealing with with your your style of check-in or whatever it is you know they may have some insight for that for Um, sure anything else from you 
That's it, man. All right. Well, this has been For the Flock uh, and Multigenerational Ministry Podcast. You can reach out to us at fortheflockpodcast at gmail.com. Send us some insight that maybe you have, or if you've got a question or want us to talk about something, um, we'd love to hear it and love to hear from you. So have a great day, week, whatever, whenever you listen to this, and uh, we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks.